When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi there, and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. Um, Now, if you've been listening recently, I've started to talk about Operation Barbarossa and the invasion of the Soviet Union by the Nazi regime. Now, this is such a huge topic of discussion, and it's something that's so fundamental, not just to the Second World War, but to the um, development of the 20th century itself. The outcome of Barbarossa decides pretty much everything uh, in, from the uh, destruction of Nazism to the rise of Soviet power. So it's worth us really taking quite a long time to uh, discuss this. In the last podcast on this topic, I talked about how um, the uh, calculations by both Hitler and Stalin um, had created the conditions for Barbarossa in uh, June 1941. The uh, reality that uh, both dictators had was that they, they saw the war as a kind of a succession of, of timetables. The, uh, S- Stalin and his inner circle assumed that the Nazis would be fighting in France for um, several years, when uh, France falls uh, after just under two months, Stalin is furious. He says, well, couldn't they have held out at least until Christmas? Couldn't they have held out for six months? Um, and Stalin always bore a grudge against uh, the French as a result and thought that France really uh, should be uh, punished at the end of the Second World War uh, along with the Germans for their weakness. Hitler thought that um, there would be uh, a opportune time to invade the Soviet Union. Hitler was not uh, ignorant to the fact that if the Soviet Union recovered its military strength from the Stalinist purges, 
then it would become a, a serious threat uh, to Nazism. And he thought that a uh, decision by Stalin to break off the Nazi-Soviet pact in the future and ally himself with Great Britain or the, the USA when it eventually joined the war would present Nazi Germany with uh, an unwinnable scenario. Stalin had allowed German military attaches to um, travel beyond the Ural Mountains and see the, the new uh, tank facilities, the new tank factories that were being built uh, in the East um, as a way of just reminding the Germans uh, that if they did choose to invade the Soviet Union, that it, it wouldn't be easy. This has a, a different effect on the Nazis. It, it shows to Hitler that the clock is ticking, and it means that the timetable for invasion must be speeded up. Saying to his generals, and I quote Max Hastings here, Now you see how far these people have already got. We must strike at once. Now, at the risk of slipping into kind of counterfactual histories and, or, you know, what might have happened if Stalin had invaded the West, there were obviously uh, plans for um, every eventuality. Nearly every country has a, uh, a range of uh, different um, uh, ideas and uh, different kind of war games that they will put into practice uh, in given different eventualities. But Stalin certainly had plans to invade Western Europe. Um, and even in 1945, it was a distinct possibility that had the Americans uh, not detonated the first atomic bomb, that Stalin may well have decided to press on uh, through uh, the rest of Germany into France and perhaps as far as the, uh, the English Channel. And it's entirely possible that had D-Day failed, that a red flag would have been fluttering over Calais at some point. Stalin hoped for a moment of his own choosing to deal with Nazism. And he assumed this would be uh, sometime in 1942. The uh, core um, system of command and control within Soviet armies had been broken by the regime itself. Uh, staff officers, divisional officers and brigade level officers had been uh, executed and imprisoned in large numbers and the level of initiative and uh, the level of uh, decision-making throughout the Red Army had been fatally weakened. Um, the ability to act autonomously, the ability to uh, act decisively and to change plans on the battlefield had been all but annihilated as there was a far too much fear that uh, anyone demonstrating skill and initiative might wind themselves up being arrested uh, as a potential threat to the regime and executed. And so when the um, uh, evasion happens, paralysed soldiers and officers uh, are unable to fight back and are in fact instructed not to fight back for uh, almost the entirety of the first 48 hours. Hitler strikes when Germany has uh, a comparative advantage in men, experienced men particularly, and munitions. The uh, equipment that was created for the Red Army uh, from the uh, new Soviet tank factories being built, uh, particularly the T-32 tank, would be devastatingly effective uh, in the long run. But initially... 
the Red Army was uh, unable to uh, withstand the, the onslaught. Hitler's folly, as, as we know, was his um, inability to accurately estimate um, the ability of the Soviet Union to produce uh, men and munitions, which was almost limitless. The uh, failure of the Nazi regime to logistically uh, plan and support for a long campaign um, that it showed us that really Hitler wasn't considering the possibility of a long campaign. Hitler had fought lightning wars in Scandinavia, in Western Europe, in the Balkans, and they had all ended very, very quickly. The uh, fear of a war of attrition doesn't seem particularly to have entered into his thinking. And even if it had done, Hitler is uh, a figure who is famously opposed to um, the kind of bureaucratism that is essential in these kinds of conflicts. Stalin was not that character. Stalin relished, if anything, uh, wading through um, the, the kinds of... Uh, reports and documents and plans uh, and orders that were required to keep a huge army on the move. The uh, growth of the Wehrmacht, which had happened during 1940, and the arrival of new tanks um, and the uh, looting of uh, industrialised countries such as Czechoslovakia or France, uh, meant that the Wehrmacht was relatively well provided for. However, had it not been for the plunder of Western Europe and Central Europe, then the, the Wehrmacht in 1941 probably would have been uh, woefully under-equipped. And when it comes to braving the icy weather of the Russian winter, it certainly is. So um, the hubris, the uh, arrogance of Hitler, the inability to uh, think ahead that seems to punctuate Hitler's thoughts uh, is, is partly responsible here. And also the inability to uh, envisage what a defeat might look like or the possibility that following the, the lightning wars that have been dramatically successful across Europe, that Hitler could be defeated and might be flawed. These kinds of concepts don't really uh, occur to him. And at this point, of course, he's surrounded by sycophants who are also encouraging him to take this point of view. Hitler had chosen to fight a war against uh, a deeply uh, brutalised society that had undergone famine, um, that had undergone the dekulakization, uh, mass killings of the uh, 1930s, that had undergone the purges of the later 30s, that was um, dominated by a terror state and also by the vast gulag system. He wasn't fighting a, a country like Great Britain that had enjoyed uh, a relatively tranquil interwar period and that had a strong pacifist movement up to the late 1930s uh, and that had hoped to avoid war at all costs. So he was um, introducing to Russia, obviously he had planned um, the uh, killing of something approaching 30 million Russians in uh, Western Russia uh, from 1941 onwards, 
but he hadn't really bargained for the fact that uh, an immensely brutalised people who had little to lose, who were fully aware of um, how much they could be made to suffer, were willing to uh, fight back tooth and nail and had been really hardened against the kinds of privations that Hitler was seeking to introduce. And between a rock and a hard place, between the Nazi and the Soviet regimes, were likely to embrace uh, patriotism, uh, were likely to embrace um, the great patriotic war for the motherland and fight to the death. This was something that um, the Germans find out in the first few days when they recall extraordinary stories of the bravery of the Ivans, as they put it, who are um, determined uh, to uh, defend every square inch when they actually come under fire from the Germans. And there are a number of memoirs of uh, Nazi officers and men who are unnerved by the tenacity with which the Russians fight. And having seen the propaganda about the Winter War of 1939-40 against Finland, and generally the view of the Russians as being inferior Slavs, it comes as a kind of a wake-up call that they have invaded a country uh, populated by people whom they now have quite a deal of respect for as fighters. Above all, Barbarossa would be a war of annihilation, um, a society like Germany that saw its culture as being one of its defining features and that saw itself as a bulwark against barbarism is in the uh, tragically ironic role as the uh, barbaric power uh, inflicting mass killing on almost unprecedented scales in the Soviet Union. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. By 1945, some 27 million Soviet citizens had died as a result of the war, some directly in combat, others as a result of famine hunger, and some as a result of the um, Soviet Union, the the Soviet government itself. But the uh, level of mass killing in the Soviet Union um, as a result of uh, Operation Barbarossa, is unparalleled by any other single uh, campaign in the war. One book I'd definitely recommend you read is Timothy Snyder's amazing uh, account of Nazism and um, Stalinism, Bloodlands. And in it, he writes about Barbarossa. And he says basically, Bar- Hitler's fantasies uh, collapse on contact with the Soviet Union. Um, the idea that Lebensraum would happen, this doesn't occur, the, uh, principally because it's impossible to tie down Soviet territory without having defeated all uh, Soviet armies. The ability of uh, the Soviet Union to create division after division, no matter how many armies and divisions are destroyed by um, the uh, Wehrmacht, there are more to come. Um, the hunger plan uh, doesn't work. The uh, plan to uh, annihilate the entire population of Western Russia through starvation, uh, this fails. The colonization um, of Western Russia, this doesn't happen. So Timothy Snyder argues that because of these failures, the Holocaust, or the final solution, or something that is going to be done with the Jews, Hitler hasn't quite worked out what, is taken from fourth place. Um, There was a plan to finally deal with uh, all of Europe's Jews after the successful conclusion of the war, and brought up to first place. The likes of Goering, Himmler and Reinhard Heydrich uh, do this because as Hitler's uh, fantasies fall apart and uh, as things cease to work as they should do, uh, as the plan ceases, the, the wheels fall off the plan, they want to make um, political capital, they want to uh, appease the Fuhrer uh, and appeal to him and therefore the uh, escalation, uh, the, the time scale, the, the time frame for the Holocaust is dramatically escalated and the final solution is now designated to take place during the war, not after it. Of course, the Holocaust at this point um, is ongoing. And I don't want to go off and talk about the Holocaust in uh, this podcast, uh, particularly because obviously it is an incredibly complicated discussion and merits its own, uh, many of its own podcasts. But uh, the as it pertains to Barbarossa, the Holocaust had been ongoing since 1939 and the invasion of Poland and it had obviously dramatically escalated with the introduction of Einsatzgruppen to um, the Soviet Union and the 
uh, killing actions of not just the ISS equipment but also and the SS but also the Wehrmacht itself but the plans for um, the final solution the systematized mass killing of every Jew in Europe uh, become uh, far more uh, part of Nazi uh, plans and designs uh, from obviously the Vance conference in early uh, January 1942. And Timothy Snyder says that this is a function of or a product of um, the failure to uh, conquer uh, the Soviet Union effectively. What would things have looked like had that effective um, conquest of the Soviet Union uh, taken place? Well, the General Plan Ost, the um, creation of uh, and the colonisation of the East would have possibly involved the shipping of Europe's Jews to the far side of the Urals to be worked to death. Certainly there was uh, a, a plan by Hitler at this time to, in whatever way possible, remove all Jews from Europe. Perhaps Whether this had meant um, mass murder through um, gassing, or whether it had meant mass murder through forced labour, or whether it had meant simply um, the gradual ir- uh, reduction and um, elimination of the Jewish population uh, through what the Nazis thought of would have thought of as kind of natural wastage of um, harsh conditions, illness, forced work, um, and limited calories. Um, we c- we don't really fully know. But uh, it's definitely uh, definitely a, a position that you can support and defend that Hitler had a plan to do to have some final action towards the Jews uh, following the successful conclusion of the war. So anyway, on the second of May, nineteen forty-one, when the uh, Soviet Union um, was being uh, discussed by. Um, the uh, Nazi high command and the and Hitler's ministers, Herbert Back, um, and originally one of the uh, agriculture ministers for the regime, um, discussed how the German army would be fed. Uh, at a meeting, um, it was announced that firstly, the war could only be continued if the entire Wehrmacht was fed uh, from Russia in the third year of the war. And this meant that um, it would be necessary to take what we, Germany, needs out of the country. And there could be no doubt that many millions of people would die of starvation. In another one of Timothy Snyder's excellent books, Black Earth, which again is well worth um, getting, the uh, idea of Lebensraum, um, he analyses in a quite an interesting way. This is not just a physical space. Lebensraum, living space, is all about, in his view, resources. And the conquest of Russia was about creating an, an economic Lebensraum, a resources Lebensraum, where there is literally room for the German population to have a particularly high standard of living at the same time as fighting a world war. So if your people won't uh, be forced to sacrifice their living standards and your army is fed to a particular standard, that means that somebody else's people will have to give up their food and those were going to be um, the Russian people. Timothy Snyder quotes uh, a famed uh, aphorism at the time 
to be as wealthy as an American. And the American standard of living was seen to be a kind of benchmark by to which um, Germans should, in Hitler's view, aspire and to be uh, as wealthy and as well-fed as an American was, uh, in Hitler's view, again, something that could be achieved through the starvation of Russia, making it not just an invasion, but an economic strategy too. And in a way, this helps make sense of um, economic policy in Germany prior to uh, the outbreak of the Second World War. Hitler was no economist and he had no time for economic thinking. Um, particularly, he was uh, thought himself to be the only intellectual, but was a profound anti-intellectual, and thought that there was um, really no that economics was kind of a no-brainer, really. Um, when he brought about uh, his um, various works projects to um, put the unemployed back to work, he didn't see it as part of a, a strategy of Keynesian reflation. The workers on the German autobahns weren't paid sufficiently well enough to reflate the economy or put more money back into the economy. Instead, he thought that uh, work was a kind of a, a racial practice and that Aryan men put to work would be kind of morally reforged and toughened up and, and would be ready for war and that work itself, labour, was part of the process of um, reforging the national psyche, getting the shirkers um, to um, lift a finger and also to uh, give men the kind of determination and national pride in the knowledge that they were working towards a greater racial goal. So how did Hitler plan to really deal with Germany's economic problems? Well, his was uh, his idea really was uh, a racial economics of plunder. Uh, the uh, ultimate, the ultimate solution to Germany's racial problems was going to be Lebensraum and expansion, and that Lebensraum would mainly be found in Eastern Europe. The war in Russia was cast in Manichaean terms: a struggle between good and evil, light and dark, a battle for civilization itself, and. The German army on Russian soil would be there to ensure that the German people essentially survived and the failure of their mission would be really the downfall of the Reich itself and the downfall of uh, Aryan Germany. General Erich Hofner said, The war with Russia is a vital part of the German people's fight for existence. It is the old fight of the German against the Slav, the defence of European culture against the Muscovite Asiatic flood and the repulse of Jewish Bolshevism. This war must have as its goal the destruction of today's Russia, and for this reason it must be conducted with unprecedented harshness. Every clash, from conception to execution, must be guided by an iron determination to annihilate the enemy completely and utterly. So it was this ideological um, approach to the invasion and colonisation of Russia that would turn this into a war of annihilation. And it would mean that this annihilation and destruction would be revisited on Germany with unprecedented and unparalleled ferocity when the Red Army crossed over into the Reich in 1945.
Anyway, we'll continue this in short order. Um, do check out the Explaining History Facebook page. Some interesting things happening at the moment, some interesting conversations. Uh, and I'll catch you on the next uh, Explaining History podcast. Thanks. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.